at Seahawks Nest fans to another episode of Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the favorite to my a star is born. That's right. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, doing all right. I was wondering where you could go with that one. It's, it's, it's nominations it's night. It's nominations take, night. thought we'd take two of the higher rated movies in our very own Bohemian Rhapsody. That's right. It's John, Eric, Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Ooh, the full name. I thought you could give him uh, Roma because I al- he's bored. I think the problem was I almost called you. <laughs> when I thought, when I think of Queen, I think of my dad, whose name is John. So then the name John came into my head, and then I remembered it was your name, and I was like, all right, we'll just we're just gonna roll with this. I thought you were gonna call me Infinity War, and then I was gonna <laughs> snap and say half the NFC teams are gone. <laughs> all right. So do, uh, did you? Did anyone see Bohemian Rhapsody? Though Kevin, you saw it, right? I did. And it's it's just like it's just like it's real fun. Yeah, it's just like a good, solid, feel good movie that uh, I think I gave it a should not have been in the best picture. Three and a half out of five. Yeah, okay. I w- it's probably something I'll give it two and a half because I'm a harder. I'm like a hard grader. I'm, I'm, I I definitely get to that three faster than you do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of a, a, a dick. An uh, elementary school teacher. Everybody, you did five. All right, uh, <laughs> middle school teacher. I will crush your soul. If I give if I give a if I give a, a review a movie a two star review, that doesn't even mean I think it's bad. That just means like I don't want to watch it again. That doesn't mean I don't think you'll like it. Um, okay, <laughs> so we're this today. We got a couple things we're gonna do. Uh, it, we are now in the uh, like the real dead part of the season. We're in the the thing because you know what the Super Bowl is the probably the two teams Seahawks fans would least like to see. I think the only worst. Super Bowl for us could be like Steelers 49ers. That's not that I would open up. Ooh, that's would ugly. You, would you guys rather watch this Super Bowl or Steelers 49ers, Eric? This Super Bowl. And if you put, <laughs> I don't know what team with the Arizona Cardinals, still the Super Bowl. Uh, because I think there's, I think there's real quick, I think there's something like occultish about the Super Bowl, which we'll go into next week. I've talked about it in this room, but I'm very excited about it. So, uh, I, don't think the Rams should be there, and I Bingo. I don't like like New England's fan base is one of the two I hate the most, so I probably won't watch the Super Bowl. That is my feelings about the Super Bowl. Somehow, I think I still would like to watch this more than a 49ers versus Steelers Super Bowl. If the Rams had actually won, I would be more into this game. Yeah, I don't really care. I, I I'm I'm gonna watch either one because I like football that much. I'm that much of a of a hard degenerate addict. But but uh yeah, I think I, I pref- can't root for the Rams and I can't. I think root I slide for the, for the Patriots. I, I'm just gonna root for whoever I end up betting on. Which right now it's my my uh, advantage meter is leaning towards Rams. But we'll see we'll see where I end up when I actually put the money down. My my um, advantage meter would lean towards the points, whichever one gets them. Yeah, I think it's. I think isn't it a pick or a point five right now? Uh, I thought it was uh, New England plus one and a half. It's uh, or New, minus one and a half. I mean, it's it's now Rams minus two and a half. It opened at a pick, which so I should have bet at open. I guess. Yep. Oh no, no, it's New England minus two and a half. Actually, no, I shouldn't have bet. Oh, that's open. what I was saying. Yeah. Waiting, I waiting was smart. I'm um, okay. I bet now because somebody's probably gonna come back over the top on St. Louis. Yeah, it's uh, it's Los Angeles. Okay. Um, <laughs> the. Both yeah. fans are going to be real mad at me about that. <laughs> okay, uh, the la- in the last week there has been very little Seahawks news. Lions hired Daryl Bevel, which I think most people thought was interesting, and it'll be fun to see how he does with uh, with a Lions team that is uh, decent. I think they have decent offensive tools. You know, he's got three names to fill: uh, Jim, Jim, Bob, Bob Cooter. Cooter. Okay. <laughs> then uh, Nathan didn't want to take the bait. No, I did not. Uh, <laughs> then finally, we've got. Uh, 
the the other big CX news of that went around Twitter this week, which was like the it's the question: Would you want Antonio Brown on this team? Uh, and I'll tell you this, from my perspective, Antonio Brown for twelve point five million dollars per year. Yeah, I want Antonio Brown on the Seahawks. Why? Who? What person on earth? That's so team friendly. Uh, in the 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 Pittsburgh, it also ruins Pittsburgh Steelers cap. So I get that bonus of like knowing that they put like thirty six million dollars in dead money on their twenty nineteen cap to get rid of him. Like I get that satisfaction of we ruined the Steelers season. Plus we got a team friendly deal for Antonio Brown. Yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, I don't Real get quick, also uh, from between the last podcast and this one, the Frank Clark sixty percent thing came out right. <laughs> he, um, I thought that, that I thought that was time. like yeah like exactly when we could go. But I tweeted about that a lot like. Unbelievable, sixty percent with two torn UCLs. Was that yeah. what I read? Well, before we before we do that though, would you guys want Antonio Brown on the Seahawks? If it's a team friendly deal, absolutely. But remember, we talked about this last month or so. We are not a pass first team, and but Schottenheimer said this is not the offense this year is not the offense next year. Things that's, might change. That's possible. This is kind of what Frank Clark's going into. I don't know if I believe Schottenheimer. I'll believe it when I see it. I think that Antonio Brown on this team, of course I want to see it. But is it likely, and is it just going to be Jimmy Graham on this team? Can you imagine coming out in 1-1 personnel with with Lockett, Lockett Brown, Baldwin, and Baldwin and Brown. on the field? They're going to dug play, in the slot. They have to play dime in every they situation. Could line, they could line up wherever they want. Seriously. Oh, no matter what team so it is, gross. you're playing dime. It's could you so imagine gross. putting the three of them in a stack think with I'll either Lockett or Brown in the back end of the stack? And you you could put me. What to do? You could put me on the left side of the field, and I'd probably be open. Even uh, even. <laughs> Even the the way that it would just spread out defenses for the uh, for the offense to run, we might have less of those runs where Carson got hit right at the line of scrimmage and had to really earn the five yards, as opposed to you know a, a run where he just splits the splits where he the wicket seven because he's two yards downfield. That's what that's what the Rams zone. do. They they spread the field and then Gurley has these giant holes to run through, and C.J. Anderson has big holes to run through too. Except for he's like five hundred pounds, and I you could not convince me that that's not George Fant at running back. Okay, um. <laughs> Too short just to be giving fan. me even more He's to be excited about next year. Uh, okay, Kevin, I, I assume you just also are with us on this one, the, the Antonio Brown thing. I mean, for $12 million, yes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to have to re-sign him to a long-term deal or anything. I but totally agree. Just rent him for a minute? Hell yeah. yeah three, get him for three years, 36. I think that that's like the in, insane value. Yeah, that, that's, would, that would be that's hard That's like the Paul no Richardson to. contract. <laughs> that'd, be <a> nice, right. uh, <laughs> that'd be a nice little comp pick, too, we get. Oh, yeah. That that would be sweet. Oh, uh, okay. don't, don't tease me. Com- comp- uh, speaking of compensatory picks, we're going to get to free agents in just a minute. But Kevin, you're right. Sixty uh, percent, Frank Clark. Do you think that he's kind of full of it, or do you think that that's a serious statement? I think there's a little bit of the braggadocia there, but I think that he was playing banged up, and you could see that at times. And I do think there is more in the tank there when you watch him play. The way that he was able to dominate, and there are certain games where he was unstoppable, and then certain games where he was kind of empty. And I think it, that. Injuries is a good indicator that that might be actually the case. I 100% agree. So 60%, probably not. 80%? Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah, I this is I think this is contract posturing. To say, like, I had a really good year. I deserve top dollar. By the way, I was only 60%. You're going to get 40% more next year. Now, no. here's the thing. I am willing to back up the, uh, the money truck 100% to yes. his door already. So this man is just selling me something I'm already planning on buying. I'm, I'm not. Let's back up the, the, the let's back up the old uh, franchise tag truck. Okay. Uh, have you seen how much money is on that truck? That is a money truck, sir. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I, I like how Frank Clark's like, 
Uh, you want to give me a $16 million guaranteed? Okay. I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. If I were him, I'd be cool with it too. All right. Um, so today, our main Seahawks topic, we are going to go through the Seahawks free agent list. We're going to work from the bottom to the top. And what we're going to do is I'm, we're going to play a, a game. Okay. We're going to start with the, the ERFAs. These are um, un, e, exclusive rights restricted free agents. So all you got to do is tag them and you get them back. Okay. Yep. I'm going to say a name. You're going to just tell me. Tag them or bag them. Okay. So tag them. You want to keep them? Bag them. They're out. All right. You ready? Yep. Emmanuel sure. Ellerby. Uh, no. <laughs> and bag them. Bag them is get rid of them, right? Yeah, that's body bag them. Yes, yeah, that's body bag. They're done. Body bag LRB. See you, pal. Jordan Simmons. Yeah, I'd keep him around. Uh, he's good as depth. On Kevin, the you're, not, you're not playing the game. You say tag. <laughs> you say tag them or, or bag them. Kevin looks I so will mad. tag him, you D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, love Eric, I love this. What so are your much. opinions? Uh, I, I suppose I'll tag him, but it's fine. I, I'm also a slam dunk. Um, these a slam dunk really. Just remember these. Oh, yeah. the, these ERFA tags are pretty cheap. They're, Funct- they're a functional, I guess that was my functional depth at almost no money. That's something you that do. that was my question: is how much are we keeping these guys, and is it super? Here negotiable? we go. Since it's in, we're going to test the how cheap can you go to still want him, Austin Calitro. <laughs> I'm, I'm on tag him for this. We'll bag him. You D tag. You know what? Oh, you we, want to bag him? You're you're out on Cleetro. I'm out on Cleetro. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like he is the embodiment of replacement level. Um, I can agree. I just think it's very team friendly. It's a nice camp body. Uh, if we end up cutting him, we'll, it's not going to cost us a lot. I'll sign him to a futures. I agree with Nathan. Plus, maybe he takes a step, and that's a completely he took lots average of steps player. Last year, it didn't help. All right, here's one. Here's one that I think will engender controversy. David Moore. Tag. Tag easily. Okay, I'm with you. Whoa. It's a tag, but like, it's not a strong tag for me. Uh, it's a strong tag for me because he did literally anything. We've been paying him almost nothing, and yeah, he faded down the stretch. But I'm not that concerned about it. I mean, you're paying him almost nothing to figure out if he could be first half more all year or if he's second half more, and that's worth paying almost nothing. As our number four receiver behind Antonio Brown, I'll take it. Here's an easy one: Shalom Luani. Uh, out. Oh, that's for me. It's an easy tag. Why is it an easy tag? Uh, say it's it's a uh, it's decent safety depth. Like he can come in and play at. And we spent level. a resource on him not that long ago. We're going to tag him. I just don't really. I didn't see anything. I saw just like a real average player. <laughs> I I have him on bag. Okay, but yeah, bang average depth. Sure. Okay, you sure. convinced me. You should uh, be Trayvon Boykin. Bag him. He's on the list. Last guys. from the pass. Akeem Akeem King is a tag for me. Tag as well. Uh, yeah, I tag him. He's solid depth. He had a couple of really embarrassing fall down moments, but I don't mean this in a uh, in a jab against him. But I feel like he can only get better. And that's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm not. It wasn't. A, I'm a, not ragging on. Him. I feel a, like he he has room to improve, and I think he will. He had a that couple like such a backhanded compliment. He had a couple games where I thought like, okay, this guy is um this guy's decent. Uh, he's uh. Like he's he's not too bad, and then he had a couple, had a couple of games where I wanted to like slam my nuts in a drawer. Okay, here we go. So the next one, this is a little trickier. Okay, so we're gonna go to the restricted free agents. Restricted free agency, the way it works, I'm gonna use 2018 values. So um, in when you restricted free agent someone, you give them a tender. Okay, the tender is an amount of money. They all they can go look for contracts, and you have the opportunity to match. If they don't match, if you don't match, then you get the uh, tender that you gave them. So. For this example, is basically what we talked about doing with uh, Earl most of the season. 
for example, um, first round tender. Okay, a first round tender was four point one four nine million in twenty eighteen. That would mean that you pay him four point one four nine million dollars for one season. If they get, they can go search contract offers from other teams. If they find a contract offer, you either match it or they give you a first round pick. So uh, most people don't do that. Second round tenders, they're the same thing, but second round it was two point nine one four million last year. And then original and low level tenders are where the original round that they were drafted. Uh, that is one point nine. Zero seven million. All right, here we go. So you can say first round, second round, or original round, or let them go. You ready? Okay. Um, I'm going to save this one for last because I think it's like the hardest one. So let's go to the top. Tyler Ott. Hmm. Oh, uh, let or, him go. Original round. For oh, me. what was his round? Uh, Tyler Ott. Uh, he was sixth? a undrafted. So it, it would be like us. We'd have to. We wouldn't be. It's a long snapper, guys. Come on. Just give him 1.907 million for next year. Seems fine. Sure, fine. Whatever. Um, okay. This will be his last year though, because we we, uh, we maxed out the last guy. We do not pay our long snappers anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I assume he's gone. Or Joey Hunt. Ugh. <laughs> Nathan's uh, really making it difficult. Um, original round is sixth. Is sixth. Yes. Yeah. Sure. No, I'm not gonna pay him two million. Wow! No, out. Posey could be our backup center. Okay, I, I'm kind of with Kevin on this one. I'm, I'm out on this. JD McKissick. I mean, that's a yes for me. He yeah. is capable. He's a swing. He's a swing back. He can play. Yeah, I'm. Uh, not, I mean, low level tender is for me. Uh, original round, I'm good with that. Original round's undrafted, so he has to um, low level. Anyway, I'm saying I'm in because Quentin obviously Jeff- not Quentin, Quentin Jefferson. Lot. Uh, also original round, which is like fifth. Yeah, I'm good it with is that. A fifth round pick. I would. What about a? What about second second tier? Would you guys go second tier? No, I'm not quite there with Quentin. Two point nine million is kind of a lot. Uh, Two point nine million is like what we paid Justin Coleman this year. Okay, that makes more sense. Fine. Um. Okay, Brandon Jackson. Uh. Walk. Yeah, I'm in walk camp on this one too. I. I it's, feel like we could just get him back if we wanted to. It's close, but yeah, I think we can bring him back for nothing. I don't think walk. we have to tender him. All right, Kalen Reed, walk. walk TJ walk, Green, walk. walk. All right, here's here's the two toughest ones. All right, Trey Madden. Walk. Um, It's a walk. I want that roster spot more than anything else. It's a walk for me as well. All right, here's the here's the one that... There's the big money. George Fant. Uh, yes, and... Oh, what do you tender him... I just read an article this would week be about. Able to, would we be to pay two point nine to a backup? Yeah, he's probably not going to start. Not. So then I'd say probably the one point nine, the the next tier tender. So it'd be like a like a third round tender. I'm going to make the argument they should second round tender George Fant because he gets on the field a lot. He's our backup. He's a backup tight end. And he could end up being our starting right tackle. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Also, he'll probably get. Two point five somewhere, possibly three million from some sucker in the Lions. And if I got a second round pick for him, considering we don't have a second round pick, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. So how about this? When the Seahawks beat Detroit, he lined up at slot wide receiver on the first play of the game. George Trans the King, baby. Why didn't we throw it to him? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, all right. Now we're at unrestricted free agents. Okay. All I want to know is, do you want this player back or not? Do you know how do you feel about this player right now as a Seahawk? Um, what do you think his future holds? Brett Hundley. Nope. Can we get our fifth round pick back? This, this is, is a sixth round pick. It's a huge waste, though. Doesn't matter. I want my pick back. Hell no, I don't want Brett Hundley on this team. Never did. Brett Hundley is. It, it was a bad idea from the start. I don't understand what what we were thinking. 
I actually do like the Paxton Lynch signing, though. I think that's a smart one. Yeah, now, now we don't need Brett Hundley anymore. Cool. All right. Yeah, Magoo, Magoo would have done what Hundley did just Magoo. fine. Uh, Michael Kendricks. I want uh, yes. I want Martha Stewart back. I want him back. I would like to see him out of jail. I like that Martha Stewart joke, Kevin. Um, I, I'm super into it. Can uh, we start calling him the inside man? <laughs> Maurice Alexander. <laughs> Maurice, uh, nah, I can walk. I'm good. Um, yeah, I, there's really no reason to keep him around. Okay, uh, Mike Davis, keep stability's nice. Yeah, why not? Right, he's he's earned a keep on this podcast. I'm okay, Mike Davis. If he comes back for a similar number that he's making now, which is 1.3 million, I'm super in. I go up he to pro- two. I wouldn't he, go over two. He provides excellent depth. For, for like not a lot of money and he can do everything but there is not he does not have one like extra oh, special yeah. skill yeah. like I'm not like oh Mike Davis is really good at blank there's Mike Davis is really good at not being bad at stuff but the thing is Mike Davis there's there, you also can say Mike Davis is really bad at there's no thing you can fill in that sentence with he's not bad at anything he's really bad at being way above average at something so. and would he be resigned by anyone <laughs> Or signed by anyone? Maybe. Somebody yes. probably would. This, the Niners in a spite move? Like, No, because he wouldn't go back there. Uh, I, I think we could probably get him. If it's under $2 million, I'm happy. I wouldn't go over $2 million for him. But if we signed him for like $1.8, I'd be fine with that. All right, you I got, think he offers that much value. You guys ready for some con- some controversy? Let's do it. Danny Lee, Jesus <laughs> Fluker. <laughs> That's right. Uh, DJ Fluker. I, I'm, about, much. I'm about to, to make some people mad. I'm not interested. Why are you not in interested? bringing DJ Fluker back? He was hurt most of the season. He was good but not great. And this team needs to bring in interior line help. Like it's it's like the third most. It's my number three on my positions of need. And bringing back Fluker does not count as that to me. I think he needs to be challenged. If we do bring him back, he needs to be challenged legitimately by someone. We need to bring in someone to go with him. Um. I'm not sure he makes any money this offseason, so if we can bring him back for like 1.5 That's the thing. again. If, if you can okay. bring him back at that number, that's that's fine. If you're bringing him back at like 2.5, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think Sweezy's actually going to get paid something. And you mean Pro Bowler? Yeah, be a big time Pro Bowler. There. Roll. Uh, and when we get the webcam, you'll be able to see me roll my eyes. You'll be able to see Kevin stare me down when I get mad at him for not playing the game earlier. <laughs> All right, let's do Justin Ross. Uh, Justin Ross Sweezy. So I, I think we're letting Sweezy walk and bringing back Fluker because we can get because I think you're getting a similar product and Fluker's okay. going to be cheaper. Uh, Fluker Sweezy, I came think, into the year injured, which I think contributes to what happened. I think Fluker is better than Sweezy, but Sweezy is healthier than Fluker, so it's like a wash on balance. And they well, made the Fluker's same. Career, and they made though, the same not like injury prone. And the it, same man, they made the same amount of money last year. So is Sweezy has he been a Pro Bowler before? I don't know because he has walked before, and he may want to stay here if you can get him back cheap, Tampa which Bay is a possibility. Money that they shouldn't have given him. Yeah, and there um, are a lot of stupid franchises, so that could happen again. I don't know. I think you're right, Kevin. But if we can bring him back cheap, I like. I want the continuity on the line. It's important. It's right, here's, underrated. Here's a guy we uh, original round tendered last year, Deion Jordan. Uh, gone. See ya. Yeah, this. It, I'm he sad. had his chance. I'm he sad it never worked out. Never took it. But he he did not even on the when he got back on the field last year he was not effective in the snaps that he played. Um, if he had one and a half sacks last year, just not a great season. It was like for in Deion. one game too, we were like, wow, Dion had one and a half sack this game. I was impressed. At the end. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski. 
<laughs> he can limp off into the sunset. Thank you for your service, Sebastian. But I will, uh, I will be moving on with that portion of my Thanks life. Thanks for erasing Blair. Did Walsh you see when he books. pulled his butt cheek? I mean, Sebastian Janikowski was was good this year, though. Let's be he real. was, he was, he was, he was effective. Yeah, he he, he had some weird misses. He, sh- he was he effective. Sh- he showed why he was around one kicker twenty years ago. Did you, did you guys remember that? That no. yes, I definitely remember that the Raiders spent a first round pick. How do you forget that? Uh, with as much Roberto Aguayo flack as we've given. This is something you remember. Okay, here we go. Uh, next up, we, we got, got him into that Super Bowl. Shamar, so Shamar Steven. Shamar Steven is out. Our D tackle rotation is too deep, and we got kids we need to give some snaps. I really those wanna, could be Puna Ford snaps. I really want to see him as a body in training camp, though. And I think we could probably get him as a body in training camp. I, I think, think someone's going to pay him a little more. If I think can he's get the him kind of guy cheap, who's good. I think he's the kind of guy who's going to get like a yeah one year three million from someone. What? And just yeah, I don't want to give him three. That's not, that's not something we're going to do. Oh, good for I think him. he gets similar production for cheaper. But I also think I don't know. I think D line is a place where you can get a lot of there's there's talent to be gotten there. Yeah, and we have uh, we have. We have bodies there now. We do. Uh, I think moving Rasheem Green full-time to D-tackle might be an answer. All right, here's a guy we second-round tendered last year. Justin Coleman. Yeah, I think we keep him. Uh, I don't think we have somebody to really challenge him at slot corner, and we're looking to build depth at defensive back, not reduce it. He didn't have a good enough season to make a lot more money, so I think we're going to be okay there. Yeah, I agree with the he's not going to get... Uh, no one's going to... He didn't play... If, if he had the two years ago year again... This year, someone would someone would be lining up to pay him like seven million dollars or six million dollars or something. But say he's getting like three. Yeah, but he's going to come back here for three or four. Yep. Annual. And we're not going to have to spend a second round tender on him. No, that money. So, yeah, depth. I think that just if Justin Coleman gets expensive though, that he's not coming back. Just I agree with that up. too. KJ Wright. Yeah, because he's going to be cheap. Um, you think KJ will be cheap? I do. So uh, he's twenty nine years old. I mean, like, like start with that. He's been not very healthy for two years in a row, and I think people are going to be scared. He's also a weak side linebacker in a 4-3 system, which immediately reduces value. Uh, nobody's going to look at him and think he's going to provide edge rush outside linebacker. So I think that he is more valuable to us than anyone else, and also that what, other people are going to pay What annual much. value are you looking for for KJ Wright? Uh. Low, like how? Like low? around what we discussed for Coleman, Nathan. If like you want you, your your line for him is like over under four million. Like if he, if, if someone's like, hey, he, if he goes, hey, I'm getting five and a half from New Orleans Saints. You're saying no? I'll let him go. Yeah. Yeah. What What would the second round tender number be for him? Well, that he's not a restricted free agent. So oh, well, never mind. Does not matter. Never mind. Uh, he, someone's gonna overpay him. We just talked about that with Shamar Stefan. Someone's gonna overpay him. They're gonna overpay KJ. I'm with. I'm with I'm with him like he's he I'm with Eric. Uh, I know I did like a you're like hoping a, for the we, camera on that one a weird, too. A weird. You talked about a camera. You're like I'm gonna make a gesture here. Um, anyway, didn't translate. Eric, I think Eric's right. Someone's gonna give KJ five million, like three years, fifteen million, eleven guaranteed or something. You know, something that is surprise. That we... It could be the Saints too. You you may have just been uh, a a little bit of a, a fortune teller there. Yeah. All right. Um, we have two left. Earl. Thomas the third. What do you think? I love you, Earl. You're the fire of the earth. You're so intense. I want you back. I think we should franchise you. Uh, I love you. The end. Uh, was that the transitional tag? 
you want to use the transitional tag? Uh, what's the? I want I want to tag him so he can go somewhere and find a deal that we can sign him to. Yeah, I don't think that that the the transition tag never works. Like it never works the way you want it to. I still don't understand that exactly. Ever since uh, Burleson and Hutchinson screwed like he's it up. not going to get twelve million. I don't think. Like I, I don't I think, think last he's year, get like a big no deal one, from anyone. No one got transition tagged. So I, I think he's going to end up having to settle for something around ten. And if he's going to play somewhere for ten, I want to play here for ten. Um, I think that the Seahawks are going to make an actual effort to bring back Earl Thomas. I don't have any evidence to turn this, but everyone seems to think he's just gone. That Earl will be playing on a different team next year. I think that's premature. I'm not so sure. Remember two things. One, I don't think that the, he feels disrespected by everyone because the Seahawks made it really clear. You can come get this guy for a first round pick. And everyone said no. Okay. And so, and I think a lot of his frustration stems from that. Like he feels disrespected by everyone. And he's probably going to sign with whoever just gives him the most money or gives him like a one-year prove-it, uh, big-time prove-it deal, right? Yeah. And so I don't think he'll play for the one-year prove-it. No way. With his injury history over the last couple of years, three years, no. You just think he will, he won't be willing to do it? I, I think he, he would take a less money over a, a three-year period if it was more guaranteed structure the way he liked it. I tend to agree with that. Uh, I think he I think he's thinking about family. So uh, Earl Thomas, for me, like I want – to get bring him back around ten million a year, I think it's very possible. Um, that's I think what, you could sell the legacy to him too. Earl's a Earl's a prideful man who's really big into his his football history. I mean, if if he comes back and plays three more years for the Seahawks and plays good, he's Mister Seahawk. Like there, it's him and Russell Wilson and on as two of the four guys on the Mount Rushmore, Largent and Tez probably right. Like yes. if, if that's the Mount Rushmore of Seahawks football. Yeah, big wall. He, he puts himself on that Mount Rushmore, or at least deep in the conversation. And definitely it turns, uh, it makes it so that on on field, Russ, Earl, and Bobby will be uh, the definition of the entire era. Okay, last, last guy. That's uh, the guy we say for last because it's probably the most interesting. Frank Clark. I think Spo- you franchise and then work on getting him a longer deal. Spotrack says that the, um, the their market value guess is four years, forty eight million, which I would slam Ooh. dunk right away. So I way, could man. not sign that that's, fast. I was going to say that's probably way too low. That's way too low. I would be I would be running to get that I contract think in the ratified. Fourth year, he will make twelve to thirteen million. Other three to- years will be up, up, up. What's your top dollar for him? If you could get him uh, uh, four years, sixty, do you do it? What about five seventy? Would you do five seventy? It's like fourteen a year. I would do five. Ugh. How old is he again? He's like twenty five. Twenty five. So I'd take him to his year thirty. I do five seventy. Yes, let's Done. do it for Sold. for what I consider to be a top flight pass rusher. Yes. Sign it, Frank. That's the Daniel Hunter contract, by the way. Um, Daniel Hunter did five seventy. Um, his signing bonus is only fifteen million dollars, so you'd probably have to up the guaranteed money, but I think you could get it done for for around that. Yeah, uh, four, either four sixty or five seventy. I'd be happy with either of those. Four sixty, I feel like that's too steep on an AYV level for me. Fifteen million a year, that's like for a top tier edge rusher. I don't, I don't want to pay one guy fifteen million dollars a year. I respect and, that. I in almost any, at almost. I would any, love to spend closer to like thirteen. Okay. Yeah, the defensive ends that make more than fifteen million a year: Clay's Campbell, 
Jason Pierre-Paul, who sucks. We're just going to ignore that. Melvin Ingram, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Demarcus Lawrence, Ezekiel Ansa. Do you think that Frank is clearly in the league with these guys? Uh, Ziggy Ansa, yes. No, yeah, Ziggy Ansa is, I think, the, the worst guy on this list, though. <laughs> I would agree. I mean, <laughs> um, that, that, that contract, I think the Lions really regret it. But do don't, I, but do don't I worry. think if he had any help on pass rush at all, do I think that he could be on the same level as Melvin Ingram? Yes. How? What? What kind of? Okay, Z, let me talk about Ziggy Ansah for like three seconds. How? What do the you think? Disappearing, reappearing end. What do you think is gonna his contract <laughs> gonna be like this year? They obviously they franchised him last year, or they they gave him the second year franchise, right? So they had yeah something like, like that. Yeah, so he made like top dollar. Um, I think he's gonna go somewhere else. Honestly, yeah, I, th- I don't think he's gonna be a lion again. I, I don't think the lions are gonna sign it. I think, I think he might go on a budget deal. Like he might have to do like a two year prove it, or like a one year eight million kind of prove it deal. Yeah, like a one year eight or ten million. Yeah, like, I was gonna say you can actually rush more than half the games. Some of the stupid team, like I don't know, the Giants will throw ten eleven at him. Yeah. If it's eight million, some stupid team like the Seahawks, I would want to throw eight million at him. Yeah, it might I actually think like a good plan for us for defensive end might be to go like. Hey, let's go get a guy like Ziggy Ansah on a on a one year prove it deal, and then go get and draft a dude, and then draft a dude and get Frank Clark back. Yep, like that seems super fine to me. That would rebuild the line in a hurry, <laughs> but yeah, like which would take a lot of pressure I, off the. I'll DBs. say this about Frank Clark: I think he's great. I think he's very good at football. But Demarcus Lawrence, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Melvin Ingram, I don't think he's there. And everyone knows my feelings about Clay Campbell. I think that so I think going 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 over fifteen million for me. Is um, I think a little short sighted. I think Demarcus. I think he could be on a Demarcus Lawrence level. Demarcus Lawrence is so good. Yeah. What if you gave him Demarcus Lawrence has been in the league just a little bit longer though. Demarcus more... Lawrence is one year older. Yeah, than Frank Clark. What if you give him more guaranteed money and like, well, a front loaded first year deal? Are you okay with them putting it above, like putting it in that bracket? Like you can only do so many tricks with that, right? Like it doesn't. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know. And I'm our, not a GM. Our cap is pretty open next year, but we have to. We probably need to restructure Russ, and we need to. We need to. Well, we need to resign Russ too. Well, and the other thing is, if we right, sign like, Clark, we need to extend him or whatever. If right? you sign Clark to a deal like that, you're really encouraging him to come back with one year left, going, "Hey, I'm only getting paid this much for this year," and it. I think. He's I gonna think do, honestly, he's going to do that no matter what. That's that's like that's the name of the game. If the cap keeps if the cap keeps going up. That the last year of those deals is going to look bad no matter what. Sure, if the cap keeps going up, but I mean, like, if you give him seventeen now and he's going to get twelve later, like, it's just guaranteeing it'll be that much more and that much more of a budget jump. I'm not really sure how much you're saving yourself then. I think, I think fourteen to fifteen million dollars a year should get it done. Like, it, it that's yeah. just my opinion. And like four- anything south of fourteen million is money you're getting a deal on. Yeah, that's that's like Cliff Averill stuff. Yep. Where you're just like getting a guy that you shouldn't get for that cheap. And don't worry, guys. I already looked. We are going to give Cam Chancellor um, $12.5 million to stand on the sidelines next year. Okay. Just if you're curious. Okay. <laughs> Can we... I, was I, don't, I don't know. Can we like make him go to the doctor and check out his neck? Can we make him become a coach? Can we get some sort of value from him? Because um, I love Cam, but I, I feel kind of slighted. If we cut him, we He's get... He's going to dress up as Blitz. If we cut him, we get $2.3 million in cap savings next year. Then we should. Is that is that for real? I thought we wouldn't have anything. No. I thought it was going to be like his cap next year is 12 and a half, and his dead cap number is 10.2. So... I don't understand why you wouldn't cut him then. I mean, if... 
they like paying him to two point two. He's worth two point three million dollars as a, a secondary coach on the sidelines. There, I don't know. I, I do let you me see him this, coaching let, at let all. Me, let me tell you this question from people in the know: uh, Michael, Sean Duggar, people like that. They say that there is no way Cam Chancellor will ever play football again. So if you were thinking that in the back of your head, like, no. hey, maybe he'll come back. No, it's not happening. He and you just look at him, man. He looks like a different dude. Yes, he looks like a guy who don't who do, who don't who don't play football anymore. Who does not. He has no interest well, in being on the field anymore. It's in his look, eyes. If you look at Cam Chancellor 2011 and then look at Cam Chancellor now, 2011 Cam Chancellor, eight current Cam Chancellor. Like, he was way bigger. Just mm-hmm. musculature, yeah, body. And- he has allowed his body to go back to being a normal human being's body instead of looking like a, a T-1000. Yeah. All right. Last thing before we get to the uh, Money Zone the Movie Club. Ooh, no. Oh, what? Uh, I also have a little college football coverage. Oh, oh okay. So do you want me to do that it's before like, or after you? It's like the off-season. I thought we were done with college football forever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Okay, wait. The way I'm thinking, though, um, I want to talk about the NFC Championship games. Or the AFC Championship games. Okay, I was going to talk about a little bit of draft uh, for the Seahawks. Oh, okay. I was trying to save it for, like, weeks in the future because we have so many weeks to get through. Yep, but this is timely. Okay, go ahead. So the Senior Bowl is coming up this week. Uh, Senior Bowl practices are something scouts pay a lot of attention to. A few names that you might hear being thrown around that are interesting for Seahawks purposes, uh, some of which you've heard on here. Uh, Mississippi State's uh, edge Ma- defender uh, Montez Sweat. Sweat. Yep. Uh, apparently, he's off to a good start in practices. Yeah, he, we had a question about that. He was in, like the star of day one of the of the um, Senior Bowl practices. You know why? Because he puts sweat into it. I, he's my favorite R and B. Here's about Montez Sweat. Okay, you ready? I mean, I put my analysis on Twitter. Kevin saw it, I'm sure. Uh, but like, he's he's a tweener, and we already have a tweener, Jacob Martin, and. I'm not sure I want to spend a first-round pick on a guy I'm not 100% sure can play in our system. And I think that he can because I think he can add 10 pounds of healthy weight and play he's, closer to 260. He's a he's he's really... Because he's really long. He's really good. He's really tall. For a guy as tall as he is, usually tall guys are like mildly awkward or, th- or they have some unathletic qualities you can pick up on tape. He doesn't really have that. He's not like a freak athlete. He's not Julius Peppers. No, but, but he is 6'5", but, but he just moves I well. think he's 6'6", dude. He's six, yeah, he's six six two two fifty two thirty five and five eighth inch arms. Yeah, he's, he's huge. got some long arms. Uh, biggest NFL comp people have is like Daniel Hunter, which is a guy we just talked about. Yeah, which would be a really good compliment piece to Frank Clark. I agree. Uh, O'Shane Zeminis, who's out of Old Dominion. It's a fake name. He's a guy who might be moving up into that late first, early second. So if he traded back, he's a guy that might be there. That's these next four guys are guys who might be there if you trade back a little bit, uh, which the Seahawks never do. Uh, Jalen Ferguson out of Louisiana Tech, who is the career sacks leader in NCAA football, who is out of a smaller school but had a lot of productivity and has an NFL kind of body. Uh, Zach Allen out of Boston College, who people respect his run-stopping game at defensive end, but I think he's underrated as a pass rusher. And Carl Granderson out of Wyoming is a guy who came on as a very, very undersized defensive player and has really grown into his body. So you haven't seen what he does or what he can do, especially once you get into the NFL workout program. Um, so those are a few names to watch at defensive end. And then um, here's one, Kevin, for you. They did they posted all the measurements in a spreadsheet, and a guy who like really stuck out as having like freakishly long arms at cornerback, Lonnie Johnson Jr., the Kentucky cornerback. Yeah, out of Kentucky. Uh, He's not like – I watched a little bit of tape when I saw that, and I was like, this guy is okay. But, I mean, it's the kind of guy that Pete would love to develop, I bet. Yeah, the other guy is Isaiah Johnson out of Houston who's another really long corner, and Rock Yasin, uh, who played for, 
I believe it was Presbyterian University who got rid of their scholarships. And so he transferred to Temple for his senior year and was just really good on Temple. And this guy, Nazir Adderley out of Delaware, who's a free safety, but he has corner type movement. And as we've seen very recently, uh, Seahawks not afraid to move you from free safety to corner. Didn't Rakyasin run the fastest too in the in the speed drill? Didn't he run like a twenty? Yeah, he did. I, I looked it up. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was the and fastest. He's guy. also he's like a hard tackler. He will get his nose in there on run coverage. He's really the kind of guy that the Seahawks tend to like. And then that an offensive line, uh, WSU Andre Dillard did really good too. Yeah, I, and then Titus Howard out I'm, of Alabama State's a guy to keep an eye on. I'm kind of fo- I kind of been following him just because you know that's where I went. Also, he's an offensive lineman out of a spread offense who might do really well in the NFL. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. He's, he's huge, though. He's like jumbo he's, Yeah, he's size. a large right. human. Anyone else? So those are, those are the guys to just keep an eye out as names come out from the Senior Bowl. Those are the people that you might want to hear about because they are could be on the Seahawks' radar. Sweet. And then, um, so then, no okay. Sweat. Sweet Championship games. Uh, let me just talk about, and just in general, um, I hate that. I hate these games both because... Not because I think the wrong team won, not because I don't like the Super Bowl matchup we've ended up with. Because I hate when you watch a game of football and the story coming out of it is about the referees and not the players or the coaches. Thank you. Um, And the story of the, especially the NFC game, is going to be always about the the refs. Um, The AFC game, I can see the the refereeing was horrible, but at least it was pretty on balance even like Kansas I also feel like it didn't specifically screw one team in key moments no. Kansas City screwed Kansas, Kansas City more than the refs did if the last score of the game was the Kansas City pick play then I would have been like okay the New England, <laughs> New England got screwed but it's kind of funny because they got screwed by the exact thing they did for 10 years yes but but uh <laughs> but uh it's but that that wasn't the last play of the game it wasn't even the last bad call of the game no no <laughs> so, it wasn't so it it was it, it sucks for from that perspective and I I think um, New New Orleans has legit gripes. Like they and they have Seahawks and Super Bowl forty my, gripes. My uh, my question here coming out of this is what what do you see in the future for NFL replay? Do you think that that uh, mm-hmm. that NFL replay might change because of this? I mean, we saw that NFL replay changed significantly because of something bad that happened to the Seahawks uh, with the uh, with the Jets. Was it Vince, the Jet, phantom Jet, touchdown. Jet, phantom touchdown. Already brought as soon as that after that happened, we got. We got replay. Do you think that New Orleans died for our uh, penalty replays? I do. I don't think there'll be penalty replays on challenges. What I think is going to end up happening is that basically on penalties like that, the booth is going to be sitting up there with some camera angles and there's going to be a couple of dudes and they're going to be able to consult on penalties like that to make sure that the call's right. And I think that's the correct move, and that's what needs to happen. I think you should be able to... I think they should open it up. You can challenge anything, but two things. One, no slow motion replays. Just... Sorry, I hit my microphone. No, none of... No slow motion replays. Uh, you All replays have to be in full speed. Because that way, you get rid of this whole, like, oh, I couldn't tell in, uh, in real time... And it also will eliminate that whole thing where it's like where people are going, oh, well, they call it like this way on the field. So they got to stick with it. If you just watch it in full speed and you can't tell, then you can't tell. Right. It's like you're just going to stick with whatever the judgment was. And it becomes less controversial. Whereas like that Edelman thing where they were like slowing it down and breaking it down like the Zapruder film. Like, yeah, at the by the end of that, I was like <laughs> relatively certain that that ball did not touch him. But if I watched it in real time six times at different angles, I would just stick with whatever happened on the field. And so I think it would just eliminate a lot of that like. 
I hate that phrase. Like you have to have overwhelming evidence or stuff. You wouldn't even have to have that anymore. You, it would yeah, be, conclusive evidence. The conclusive evidence would just be like you, you'd make your judgment after watching the replay. I watched it from three angles. This is my judgment now. Um, and maybe you still do call it that he didn't touch it. Maybe you think that like okay, I got that. But I just hate how they're like going frame by frame and well, freezing the non-conclusive it. line. Oh it's God. used by refs and it feels like an out. I don't know if this is going to change anything because both of you brought things up that are ideas. I don't think they're likely. Uh, I don't think you can have a guy in New York throwing a flag being, you know, the guy watching the replay. The bottom line is that the NFL has a ton of money and there are enough refs out there seeing what's going on and nothing's being done. We talked on this podcast jokingly about how the Titans were kind of uh, helped into the final Sunday night game to make sure that that Sunday night game mattered against the Colts. I think that's a fair complaint, although that's low level. It, it's not really screwing anybody. It it still doesn't need to be there. The Saints totally got screwed. Uh, you can't you can't spin that in any other way. Just like the Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty. And I really hate talking about sour grapes, but man, it's the same thing over and over. And I just think that there's enough money out there to get the bodies you need to make sure this isn't screwed up. So. One thing I want to make clear, because this is something we haven't explicitly said on here, but all three of us have talked about in the chat, it is not that the Rams also didn't have bad calls against them. Yeah, they missed the, that. The they missed the face mask on the on the last drive was Goff got face masked. And yep. then that should have been a first down on the one or whatever. It was that the refereeing was universally bad, but critically bad in certain spots. For New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans shot themselves in the foot. That's a bad play calling to throw that many times. Yeah. The third down play, though, on the previous drive to the last drive, uh, there was a clear pass interference. There's a pass interference that everyone's talking about. And then on the interception... The helmet-to-helmet pass interference. Yes. (laughs) Two calls in one. And then on the interception... uh, that breeze through in overtime, uh, he got clubbed in the helmet by the pass rusher, which is and the, which and has the been re- called roughing every single time. And the receiver that he threw to was like super interfered with. But they they're saying that a lot of people are saying that the ball was tipped, so that it, it I don't know. It's but super number odd. one, the ball wasn't tipped. But number two, if the ball was tipped, it doesn't matter because the guy clubbed him in the head, and you can't do that to the quarterback. So these are clear instances where the game turned on a penalty and that's what really sours like nathan said at the opening of this it sours the entire super bowl experience i would be rooting for the rams right now in the super bowl if it wasn't for the way that they got in just because you know it's nice to see someone besides new england win it but now i feel like i can't really root for the rams because i don't feel good about them even being there and i can't root for new england which really just makes me kind of out on the whole game. And so as somebody who really enjoys football, I'm out on the biggest football game of the year. And that just doesn't feel good. All right. Eric, any final thoughts before we head on to the the money zone? No, man. It's all been said. Go Hawks. All right. So the money zone. If you want to support the Seahawks Nest podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and receive our picks podcast during the regular season, a few off-season draft and breakdown videos, uh, and the we just want to thank all of our lovely, lovely patrons: Forrest, Richard, Tom, Lucas, Carrie, Chuck Attila, Kieran, Brett, Mike, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur, Frank, Michelle, and Nick. You guys are helping us out so much. 
Um, and then also the, the, the lower tier ones that I never say, I'm going to shout them out cause we're in the off season now, Matt, Michael, Josh, Brian, William, Russell, Kevin, Cody, and Kimberly, Kevin, good job. I'm proud of you. you I do just for you. <laughs> then, um, then just for you. And also so that we can keep buying more, more stuff. I want to get, you know, what I really want to get a video camera, but then Kevin will hate me. So then yes. maybe just, maybe just a second pro football focus subscription. That okay. would be good. Okay. Um, the, uh, the CX Nest podcast can also be supported. You can give us a heart, a like, a thumbs up, a five star review. All that stuff helps. You guys are, are really awesome about it. We have this, I think the second most reviews of any CX podcast on iTunes, 49, five, all five star. 20 short is a goal. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, if you guys want to contact us, Twitter, uh, Twitter is the best way to do it. Me and Kevin are really on Twitter. Um, I would say Facebook is the the worst way um, because yeah, because Nathan deleted it and I haven't checked mine in like six months. <laughs> yeah, we're we're like really inactive on there. Sorry, guys. Uh, you're you're only getting to Brett if you do that, which you know I don't know. <laughs> Beware. Should we should we do the Brett the Brett impression that he made so no, much? No, no, it has to come out. Of <laughs> it has to come out of nowhere. All right, sorry. Okay, I, I do like that he made commentary on that. Like yeah, Brett's impression Brett, sucked. Brett sent us the text after last podcast. So Guys, like, you got, your impression was very good. Dude, and it did nothing to help out the situation. Out of respect for Brett, I will company. not be doing you my Brett impersonation. You know what, Eric? You can uh, you can suck it. Okay, it's not a, it's not a good impression of me. Okay. Uh. Uh, by the way, uh, Patreon users, I think Nathan and I are going to go ahead and post our top. Uh, should we do top fifteen or top twenty movies? Um, yeah. So we're gonna go a lot deeper on this in the in the. So we'll, nec- we'll throw next, it on a Patreon post. So next, you guys have it next to, over to the next week. There's gonna to be uh, a little more analysis of me and Kevin's top movies of last year, and in, in addition to our Super Bowl props and our Super Bowl picks. So um, there'll be no no Patreon episode this week, but then like a kind of a, a double episode next week is what I'm calling it. A double. Um, it'll be it'll probably be about a half hour. Um, okay. Eric got excited right there. He's like, oh. 30 minutes? Ooh. 30 minutes of, of that. Well, that's feigned excitement. <gasps> 30 minutes? Okay. All right. Um, so we're going to talk about our top five movies of the year. So what we're going to do first is we're just going to, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to quick shot it. We're going to go, we're going to rapidly fire around the table, just say our top five movies, and then we'll each take an opportunity to talk about a couple of the movies that we really liked and especially highlight the ones we put first. Eric, lead us off. Your top five from five to one. <sighs> from five to one. Uh, number five, we're going to go... Jeez, uh, it's so hard to, to number these. Number five is Black Klansman. All right. Okay. Number four, <laughs> Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Nice. Uh, number three... Got a, lot of, got a lot of awards love yesterday, which was uh, I, I found mildly That was surprising. surprising Man, that was a, worthy. It's cool to see a Netflix film get that. Uh, number three, we're going to put Black Panther... All right, running nice. out our black films there. Doctors. Uh, number two, uh, no one has this but me. Hereditary. Uh, if you want to know what kind of spooky movies I like, that's right up my alley. Yeah, that movie. Slow burn movie. makes a uh, little sense. Uh, you probably need to read some occult stuff to get that, and uh, I do. I thought it was good. And number five, or, I'm or sorry, number one. one for the 25th straight year, Roadhouse. No, um. <laughs> I'm going to go American Animals. I really enjoyed that. I'm really glad we watched that together. I don't know how much I could uh, re-watch that movie, but in that moment, everything in that movie, I thought it was done. It worked. It worked. It was done uniquely. It was tense, yet still uh, amusing. And to get to make something tense is usually a thriller, but to make it just amusing and also kind of get your emotions going, like with what they did to the uh, the Guardian of the Library... It was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great, it was a great movie. I'll All say right. that. 
I'm just gonna go really quick, and then I'll, I'll come, we'll circle back to talk about the individual movies. Five, Sorry. eighth grade. Four, American Animals. Three, Searching. Two, Blind Spotting. And my number one movie of 2018 is Widows. Um, that was my favorite movie I saw last year. All right, Kevin, hit, hit us with your top five. All right, so I had six movies I really wanted to do for the fifth spot, but yeah, like Ke- I said I couldn't. Kevin was like, can I just do top ten? And I was like, no, we're doing top five. This is rough because <laughs> there I have a clear top four. I'm going to go ahead and put a movie I think a lot of people missed is the one I'm going to put at the number five spot here, and that's Upgrade. Yeah. Which is... If you like a lot of the movies we like on here, you like that movie. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll start going back to upgrade one hundred percent. Number four is Crazy Rich Asians. Three is A Quiet Place. Two is The Favorite. My number one movie, a foreign film, is Burning. All right, nice. Okay, so now what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna question each other. So we're gonna talk about. So I'm Kevin Upgrade. I really enjoyed Upgrade as well. I thought it was like it was uh, a weird, really cool thing about Upgrade was that it it, it combined uh, body horror elements with uh, science fiction um, in a really like satisfying way, and it also had like taken level violence brutality, which I am always super down for. Um, that I really enjoyed Upgrade. What did you like about it? Uh, I liked how intense the action scenes were and the way that they blended like some really dark humor in with it. And then the science fiction, it really did come off like a Philip K. Dick short story. So if you like a lot of the kind of 60s, 70s sci-fi that turned into a lot of the base movies that you think about when you think about science fiction, it had a lot of that feel where it was like the science is an assistive technology, but how much is it assisting you versus you assisting it? And... Yeah, there was just it. It really picked an avenue, and you felt it the whole way through. And then it had a nice little twist at the end. All right, Eric, is there any movies that from one of our lists that you'd want to ask us about? Yeah, I want to ask you about Widows, Nathan. Okay, Widows was my favorite movie of 2018, and and here's why: um, Viola Davis and Liam Neeson are are um, really crushing it in this movie. They're excellent, excellent acting performances, but. Um, it's the, it's really like the way Steve McQueen frames up shots and puts the movie together that really stands out to me. Now it's a heist movie, which is like an automatically half star bonus for me. It's, uh, it's a really, a, a really, really well put together movie. Good cast. Um, really good cast. There's two scenes. Um, so in the beginning, towards the beginning of the movie, there's a scene. I'm, I'm these are going to be relatively spoiler free because I know you guys haven't seen this movie. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is in a room. And by the way, Daniel Kaluuya slays in this movie. He's so great. Um, they, they do a tracking camera shot where a guy is rapping and Daniel Kaluuya is walking around him and the camera is tracking in circular motion around him. And it is an, a really tense shot and really excellent shot. And I, without spoiling anymore, like that shot is, um, it's stick, it's stuck with me in my brain. Like it's, uh, something that like it, it wormed its way in there and I, it's like unforgettable to me. Like it was so it, well done and impactful. There's another scene, um, where, uh, the the guy gets in a car and his girlfriend's in the car and they're having a conversation and I'm not going to talk about the conversations about because it's mildly immaterial to this but he uh, it is interesting but the but while they have the conversation the camera is placed on the hood of the car and looks out um you can see the side of the street and the thing and he starts the the car ride as in a like bad neighborhood and he drives to his house and as he drives you see the neighbor and there he's talking you see the neighborhoods change from the like the ghetto to where he lives and it shows kind of like the there's like a um a, like a statement they're trying to make and it's that shot is really uh, really cool 
and special to me. So those kind of things, those little de- those little things, the way Steve McQueen like put that movie together, I think that is is why I liked Widows so much. It sounds to me like there's some kind of sophisticated world building in there. I think that I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Steve McQueen said, like, this is the movie I've always wanted to make. This is the the, the kind of movie, the, the things that are happening in this movie. These are the things I've wanted to say. This is the movie I've always wanted to make. And it shows. It's like a, it's a really artistic work. And Steve McQueen's an awesome director. I mean, everyone saw 12, 12 Years a Slave knows that. Like, he kills. So, like, this is, I mean, it's it's good. It's really good. Um, it's it's a little over, the reason I think people go and don't, it doesn't want crazy for it. It's one, I don't, I don't, their awards campaign must have sucked. And, and two, I think it's a little overstuffed. There's like maybe like one too many things in this movie going on. But it also just didn't do that well at the box office. I think people didn't realize what they were buying into, and that's kind of unfortunate. All when right. They went to go see it. All right, Kevin, uh, you gotta. So, Eric, I'm right. gonna ask you about Hereditary as someone who enjoys a good ambiance thriller horror movie. Uh, what really stuck out to you about Kevin Hereditary? likes a good spook, man. He wants to be scared. I, do. I like. I don't know if it's the slow creepiness, like the uh, the coming dread that is uh, that you think you're going to escape because you don't really know if it's there or not. That's part of this the the allure of this movie is you don't really know if there's anything going on until spoiler alert there is. Um, or just the fine performances, Tony Collette killing it like she does in just about every movie she's in. Uh, the kids in this movie are uh, are are holding their own. Gabriel Byrne is not used as uh, heavily as he is in a lot of movies, but he plays like the uh, the the bookish husband very well. All right. Um, there's a lot of weird things going on. There's a lot of um, imagery in this movie that is disturbing, and you don't really know why at first. You're kind of just putting your you can't put your finger on it until the end, and the, the, the your pulse picks up with the scenes. It's a uh, it's shot with a really interesting tempo. I'm I might watch this movie again this weekend. Um, and the, okay, and then uh, it just and then it just gets totally weird at the end, and I love that. I think it's is it my turn to ask about yep. a movie? Yeah. Um, Kevin, tell us about Burning. All right, so. Uh, I've gotten a lot more into foreign film over the last couple of years, and Burning has been one that I've been interested in for a while. The first time I heard it, it was because it has uh, Stephen uh, Ewan from The Walking Dead uh, is in this movie. And Glenn. And what's... So I watched this movie a couple days ago now, and the big thing is it's a movie I find myself thinking about a lot. Uh, I keep coming back to it and there's multiple spots where you can interpret things a couple of different ways, and it really changes the outcome of the movie and what you think about the characters in the movie. And they do a really nice job of setting you up so everything makes sense throughout the entire movie. And there's never a spot where you're going, well, that seems like it came out of nowhere. But there's many points where you're going, wait a minute, is is this actually happening or am I picking up on something that's not there? And you get faked out a few times on what's going on in the movie. And just when you think you have your hand, like when you think you have your finger on what kind of movie it is, there, there'll be like a slight shift or a pivot. 
and something kind of unexpected happens. It subverts your expectations? It does, and it subverts them in a really delightful way that keeps you engaged. And so even though it's a slow burn, there's things that seem uninteresting if described objectively that while you're watching it, like, really catch your interest. And they do a lot of really subtle things that tell you something's important and you're sitting there trying to figure out how it's important and the way they introduce everyone you find yourself getting really invested in people without them doing anything over the top to make you feel invested and so when things happen or circumstances change it affects you because you really care for what's going to happen so that's the big thing is you really feel like you're taking a very personal journey with a character and there's just a lot to mentally unpack afterwards. All right. Um, Kevin, did you... Uh, so, Nathan, a movie that I am very interested in that I know you're very interested in talking about is Blind Spotting. All right. Blind Spotting, why I think everyone needs to go watch this movie. Uh, because right I've heard almost nothing about it. It's yeah, been on my watch list for a while. No one... It's getting towards the top, but I still haven't seen it. No one saw it. Uh, it's, it's super funny, super tense. Um, uh... Demi, the well, a guy uh, that everyone should follow on Twitter, I think I don't want to say his last name because I'll butcher it. But Denny Abagon, <laughs> uh, okay. But yes. he he in his in his review on Letterbox, he put it's like if Spike Lee made Friday, but he's like, but so much better than that. Uh, and I think <laughs> that is like a good description. The movie is just like it's it's like it's so tense and so good, and and David Diggs is just excellent, and I. I think it's it's one that you should you should make an effort to see. Um, it's it's just really 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 good. Isn't the blurb like somebody's basically just trying to survive parole? Yeah, and his friends like a super fuck up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it is like Friday. Okay, I got, uh, okay. I, I, I got that. Okay, um, and yeah, I, I don't want to. You don't need to say much about this movie. You just like watch it. The movie speaks for itself. It's it's um it'll you'll be thinking about it like two days later. Three days later, four days later, it, nice. it, it gets you. It really gets the wheels turning, and I've like been dying to talk to someone about it, and just had to like bottle it up for like two weeks now. <laughs> All right, I'll, I watched I'll talk, it, I'll I watched watch it, it this week so we can talk about it on the Patreon. I watched it a couple weeks ago and was just like, "Wow, this is excellent, excellent stuff." Um, and it's another one too where their their awards campaign must have sucked because they didn't get <laughs> eighth grade, blind spotting, widows, American animals. And, and then um, Won't You Be My Neighbor and Leave No Trace. All movies I, I thought were excellent or won't watch because I don't want to cry. Uh, and <laughs> that's the Mr. Rogers movie. Uh, I, uh, just missed, that was one of the movies I wanted in my top five that was ten. All those movies got zero awards nominations, and I think it's just a travesty. All right, Eric, close yeah, us down. Burning also uh, didn't get the foreign nom. I was pissed. Anyway. I was going to ask you about uh, a movie you both had, but instead I'm going to switch gears. Uh, I think this will be a good wrap-up. I'd like us to each name a movie that we didn't see, that we really wanted to see and just didn't make the effort, couldn't make it happen. I'm, and, uh, and I'll be honest, I'm open to outcome. I'm open to thinking that this might be my favorite movie or my number two favorite movie. You ready for this, Eric? Yeah. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited to watch this movie. I It's really hard to, for me to get to a theater. You'll notice that a lot of the stuff I've already watched and really liked is all stuff that's on VOD. Um, I haven't seen Green Book. I haven't seen uh, like a bunch of these movies that aren't, aren't to VOD yet. I don't get screeners, so I like just I really wanna I kind of I just have to wait till everything's to VOD because I have a baby. Um, things that I see in theaters are few and far between. 
I saw Widows in theaters. I saw, like, you know, I see, get to see a couple. Um, and I really want to see Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. I'm open to that even mm-hmm. being number one, number two, number three. I would be surprised if I liked it better than Blind Spotting or Widows. But those, because I both thought those movies were excellent. But, yeah. All right. Kevin. Uh, so, uh, Spider-Verse is really high on my list as well. And that would be mine. But I want to give more movies to select from. So, another movie that I have not seen that I... That has not been mentioned yet, because you probably would put blind spotting in Spider-Verse. And you, yeah, yeah, there's right. there's a few of those that I would really like to put up there. Wid- Widows, you haven't seen um, that yet either, have you? Correct. Okay. That's, Widows would probably be uh, top of my list right now. Um, so, I'm a really big documentaries fan, and uh, Minding the Gap, I've heard some really interesting things about as far as just being kind of like a gritty look at uh, people in a specific place in America. Did you watch Three Identical Strangers? Yes, and I really enjoyed Fascinating. it. Fascinating. That was I, the so twist, weird. The, the turn that you saw coming the whole time, but it didn't matter because it still got you, yeah. was really enjoyable. What a weird, what a weird uh, thing. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, that, Shirkers, and uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, three really good documentaries I've seen this year. Won't You Be My Neighbor is no Oscar nomination. Crazy to me. That's dumb. Um, That's right. bad. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Mandy with, uh, with National Cage. Treasure Nicolas Cage. I've heard nothing, uh, kind of like Into the Spider-Verse, I've heard nothing but great to very good things about this movie. I heard it's about him stealing cotton candy from the Pope's house. Oh, man. this Again, just selling me on it. Uh, I've heard that heard it's just super entertaining and really great. And and it came without taking? It, and you need it today? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, the, the second biggest Barry Manilow fan in the room, Kevin Garber. Uh, I'll just say that Nicolas Cage is ridiculous. Uh, if you ever get bored, just watch him count the alphabet on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> and it's a hard count. That's why I said counting. Um, yeah, about, I just I really want to see that movie. And what he about, does the whole thing. Did you watch Mom and Dad? No, it's on my Hulu queue. Okay, so the, the thing I want you to do is watch Mom and Dad and watch Mandy and then just tell me which one you liked better. Because they're both like... You did see Mandy? They're similarly in, insane. Okay. In... <laughs> they're just they're just like it goes from they both go from like zero to crazy and you're just like what what the hell is even happening i actually think i liked mom and dad better that's why i'm kind of wow okay uh on it but i mean i mean how many times do you get to watch a movie with a character named fuck pig you know so like mandy <laughs> mandy's got that going for it which is which is nice man so, i've never been more sold and sold and sold than on this movie all right for Gavin garber for eric ronnebeck for fuck pig we'll see you next week go hawks black panther for best picture Make the good times roll. No, I ain't got nothing but a bad.